0: We got a lot to get to today on Necessary Roughness. I'm John Jansen. He's TJ Lang. And uh, uh, there's some news coming out around the program. And by the program, I'm talking about the Detroit Lions, the franchise uh, here in Detroit. Uh, Excitement surrounding the draft as everybody continues to analyze the draft. Um, Well received. In NFL circles, year two of Brad Holmes, year two of Dan Campbell, and in the wake of the draft. And we don't know yet what these draft picks will do in the NFL. We don't know, still yet to be determined, the quality of the draft from last year, Brad Holmes' first draft. It looks good. Uh, It's a good start, but there's a lot of holes to continue to fill on this roster, and they addressed some of them in the draft, uh, not so much in free agency. But the news out of Vegas is that the big money is now on Dan Campbell to win coach of the year. Still long odds, 60 to 1 before the draft. And this past week, Caesar Sportsbook has announced that it is 25 to 1 for Dan Campbell to win coach of the year. TJ
1: Lang. Um, what do you make of this? A lot of hype, right? <laughs> Obviously. Um, you know, it's funny we uh talked a couple weeks ago about, you know, Vegas and uh, you know, their odds and odds, Trayvon odds Walker on the, the went first down overall It's pick. Like, eh, like, I'd never go against Vegas. Now, his odds are still pretty long when you talk about 25 to 1, right. but look, I think there's a lot of people that uh, you know, are thinking that Detroit might have a chance to do Maybe not to the extent what Sidsey did last year as far as going to the Super Bowl, Um, but going from a really bad team to going to, you know, a a playoff team. I I think Detroit is kind of that popular pick right now to say, you know, who's the sleeper going to be this year? Who's going to be that surprise team? And, you know, when you combine the fact that, you know, the Lions are coming off of a fresh – really good draft with some potential game-changing players involved in there, um, along with the projected, you know, incline that this team is expected to make. Uh, I think it, I think it puts, you know, the Lions in a good spot to be that kind of number one sleeper pick. And there's a lot of money coming in on, on Dan Campbell as the early, uh, you know, underdog to, to take that coach of the year uh, award home. Now, I don't know if I'm going to go that far because there's a lot of things that have to happen in order for that to, you know, come true. I mean, you can't just be, you know, a seven eight win football team. You're probably going to have to win a minimum of 10 games and you're probably going to have to be a playoff team. That's when coaches really start to, Hey, we took this team from 30 wins to 10 and we're in the playoffs. That's when you start to see that big jump when it's, you know, seven eight wins than it was over the previous season where coaches start to get that credit but um yeah I think it all just kind of falls in line with with the thought process around this team right now that uh, a lot of people think they they can they can have a chance to to be a sleeper and surprise a lot of people and the funny thing is about the bets too is that you know I think he coach Campbell there's three times like the second place coach bet on coach is there's like three times as many bets on dan campbell so it's not like yeah. it's not by a small margin i mean it's it's by a pretty big gap that uh, a lot of uh, a lot of probably smart bettors are are putting their money on dan campbell right now
0: well it's probably more that it's a good value because they are still long odds and with the draft with the uh, you know, hard knocks, the publicity that the Lions are getting. Now, I don't think you know Vegas buys into publicity. They're not going to lower odds or change odds simply because of publicity. But but when you look at the draft, you look at free agency, and the feeling is that Brad Holmes is doing this the right way, and that they are constructing a team around a good offensive line. And they're building the defensive line, as you can see from, you know, two picks last year in Lee by um, as well as uh, Aleem McNeil. Then this year, uh, Josh Pascal, um, who was a bit of a surprise to anybody outside of Allen Park. Um, and then, obviously, the number two overall pick in Aiden Hutchinson, they're doing what they what they believe they need to do to build a team, and that is starting with the offensive and defensive lines. Then they're going to start adding some pieces around it. They obviously jumped up to get Jamison Williams in the draft, so they've got a key piece at the wide receiver position uh, and some guys that are on one-year prove-it deals. You know, DJ Shark is a one-year, $10 million, fully guaranteed, but it's a one-year deal. And if he wants a long-term deal, whether it's here or somewhere else, it is, hey, we think you can be good. If you can get back to, I think it was, what, 2019? Um, he was a, a, a Pro Bowl receiver, and then 20 was hurt, 21 um, uh, hurt again. But a lot of upside. So they believe that they are putting the pieces around uh, Jared Goff or, or whoever that next quarterback is going to be, that this is a team that's on the upswing. And I think Vegas recognizes that this is a team that it could be on the upswing. So they're going to move those odds in case they are a team that goes, you know, I, I want to say worst to first. They're not going worst to first in the conference. right? Unlikely they go worst to first in the division. But that also brings me to, I think, the next topic, and they go hand in hand, to win coach of the year. You've got to be that team that outperforms expectations. You've got to be that team that overperforms what everybody believes is possible for the talent that you have on the roster versus the schedule that you're playing, the competition that you're facing. And last year, you know, I mean, for the last few years, the NFL MVP has resided in the NFC North, and that is Aaron Rodgers. Now, you've got two coaching changes in Minnesota and Chicago, which... Okay, you could take that a number of different ways, and we'll discuss that here in just a few minutes. But if the Lions are going to be a playoff team, there were in the NFC last year, let's see, one, two, there were one team, two teams that made the playoffs with nine wins, nine and eight Philadelphia Eagles and the nine and eight New Orleans Saints. Now, when I look at that and I say, okay, can the can the Lions go from a three-win team, and let's throw the loss in there, four non-losses, can they get four and a half more victories to get to nine wins and earn a
1: wild-card spot? They better. <laughs> I think that's what the expectations are. You um, think the expectations I, are that they're a playoff team this well, year? No, but I think we talked about it last week that I think anything lower than I think I said 9 wins. Did I say 8 or 9 wins? I think anything 8 lower than 8 I think I want to say was uh was my expectation would be in my mind not good enough. Um and that's Kevin for me. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's realistic because it's such a weird spot to be in where like do you remember the last time the Lions had and you mentioned it earlier that this much like publicity that's been positive? You know what I mean? Like, anything coming out of the – it kind of started, hey, the Lions are getting the draft. Hey, the Lions are going to be on Hard Knocks. Hey, you know, Dan Campbell's this very polarizing figure right now, uh, you know, in the NFL media world. Hey, they, you know, just they're getting, uh, you know, really great reviews and and grades from what they did in the draft. Like, it's it's hard for me because you hear all these positive things that are so – unnatural to hear right (laughs) because it's been so long since we've had such good positive publicity around this team that uh, I think you can fall into the trap to maybe have expectations be too high yeah Um, but I think it's realistic that you know anything outside of that eight nine win category for me I think wouldn't be good enough and I think that's reasonable, to be honest with you. I think it is. I mean, we mentioned, you know, last week we went through the show and talked about, uh, you know, the three wins, and then we talked about, what, the five other losses by, yeah. you know, two, they three didn't score points, 19 and, points. Yeah, that they didn't, you know, even score 20 points on. And it's like, you can't, you can't, you're, that's not going to keep happening. You know what I mean? There's got to be a there's got to be a uh, a reckoning to say uh, we can't possibly lose every single close game again. So just kind of playing those odds tells you, hey, they're probably going to have, you know five or six ones that they should win and then you're going to have maybe three or four other ones where you're going to be right in the middle of the game that I'm, quite frankly I expect them to get over that hump this year to get those wins to be able to close out games in the late stages to be able to not allow you know a team to march down and kick a 65 yard field goal to not allow Minnesota you know with 30 seconds left to march 50 yards and kick a field goal to win I I expect that to change I expect that to be better the Chicago Bears I, I don't expect them to you know go on an eight minute Final drive and kick a field goal as time expired. You know what I mean. I'm yep. expecting improvement um, in those categories to where those three or four close ones they lost last year. I'm I'm going to expect them to win. Maybe not all of them, but most most of them. And that for me uh, is enough of the equation to say they should be at eight wins. That's that's just kind of my bar right now. Yep. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised if it, if people, you know, the expectations are nine, maybe 10. I wouldn't be surprised just because there's been so much hype. Now, once we get closer to the season, I think, no, no, I I, I, I won't, I won't say 10 as my expectation. I'm just saying it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, With that being said, it also wouldn't necessarily surprise me to see them still land at, you know, the six mark, right? I think there's such a fine line in the NFL from a six-win team to a 10-win team, you know, that's like we just mentioned, four or five games, right? Um, you, you lose four of those, you're a six-win team. You win all of them, hey, you're a 10-win team, right? There, You got a group of really, you know, maybe two or three teams that really stink every year. You got a group of maybe four or five that are really good every year, and then everybody else is just kind of right in the middle. The next 20, you know, 22 to 24 teams, that, that's a very fine line from being a six-win team to a 10-win team. But I do expect them to improve on the little little aspects of the game, um, the 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 situational play of you know late in games being able to get over that hump and finally start closing teams out I think gives me the um, you know gives me the necessary equation to say. I expect them to win at least eight.
0: Yeah, and and the schedule will come out on Thursday. Uh, and before we go any further, I do need to make a correction. The New Orleans Saints did not make the playoffs. I did not have my glasses on, uh, and the the little e next to the New Orleans Saints, uh, uh, I could not read that. So, <laughs> but they, quick, there was only one yeah, nine win team, right? And, and so that's and what it was I'm, Philly, right? Yeah, Philly. And but so
1: do you? And here's the thing, though. Just the last thing on that. Do you do you remember watching the playoffs last year in Philly and? Uh, you know, even Oakland, you're watching some of these teams that sneak in as the seventh seed. Like when I watched that, and I know Philly like absolutely beat the Lions ass last year. That was one of those yep. games where they just were not ready to play. But when I watched them play football in the playoffs, and the first thought in my head was I don't think the Lions are far off from being one of these teams that can at least, you know, maybe sneak into that seven seed um, with the style of football that the other, you know, six, seven seeds were playing. Like, that was my first thought. So it was like, and I kind of feel the same now. I don't feel like they're that far off from being a team that could sneak in like like Philly did last year and even like Oakland did last year out of the AFC.
0: Right, and so when you start thinking about, what the Lions could be this year um, and the expectations. Yes, it was a good draft. They didn't do a lot in free agency. Uh, but the defense, while you and I both believe at every level of the defense, they needed to go out and get some you know, improved talent. Now, they did up front. There's no question about that. How much did they improve their linebackers? How much did they improve the secondary? I think, you know, with Jeff Okuda coming back, I don't think he ever lives up to the number three overall pick, but he could still be a quality player in the Lions secondary. But when you look at what they did last year, all right, their three wins were at home. On the road, they were zero wins, eight losses, and obviously that tie in Pittsburgh. Um, to win, to make the playoffs, you're going to have to find a way to win a few games on the road. Do you think that this team, and, and when I ask this question, you got to take everything else into account, which I know you will, but the youth of this team, there is something to be said for going on the road and winning games, and having experience of going into some of these venues and, and, and environments and winning games, whether it's Lambeau, soldier field uh, or the dome up in Minnesota like there there's some experience in that but there's also you've got to go on the road and find a win outside of your division do they have will they have the experience how
1: long will it take for them to get a road victory um, yeah I don't know that's a good question because they were close. Uh, quite a few times last year. I mean, yeah. I know we don't call it, count the the Pittsburgh game as a win, but that's on the road in a pretty yeah. hostile environment. Cleveland. Um, Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland was right in the mix of things. Uh, you know, by the time they played last year, and I think what they lose that one, 13-10 or 16-13, right? Yeah. Um, you know, even uh there's gosh, there's a couple Minnesota, right, on the road. I mean, that's a really, really tough place to play. Um, couldn't finish it out, obviously with the late second field goal. So I, I think that kind of goes back to my last point of you know, you had that you, you have that experience now of um, you know, losing all those close games, a lot of them obviously coming on the road. Uh are you how much are the young players gonna be able to you know, remember that and, and learn from that. How many how, how many lessons did they take from, um, you know, losing what four or five really close games on the road last year? How did they take that into this year? And. Uh, you know, find a way to improve. I mean, obviously, uh, you add a couple playmakers is going to help, right? I mean, yeah. because all those games you can argue, hey, we make one play on third down, right? We make one stop, you know, on third down, whatever it is, offense, defense. I mean, th- th- all those games can come up different. So that's where some, uh, obviously, young players will help you. But um, when it when it comes to the young guys, I think there's so many, you know, second-year players this year that, uh, in my mind, can be, you know, you hear coaches talk about all the time. They expect the biggest jump in the NFL to go from year one to year two, right? Year twos things start to hopefully slow down a little bit for the young players. They start to understand the game a little bit more. They start to understand the scheme, um, the fundamentals of the game, the situational awareness that, that goes into playing football. Uh, how, who's going to be that kind of prime candidate to break out as year two? I don't know. There's, there's, there's a lot of names you can think of. But um, you expect that experience that they had last year from – losing all those close games and like I think Jared Goff said last year all those gut punches that they took late yeah. in the game you expect them to hopefully um you know learn from that and move on and get past it because quite frankly I mean you know I know we're going to get in, in, into it here soon but I I expect them to win you know at least split with Chicago and Minnesota whether one of those comes on the road or home doesn't matter to me but those are places where in my mind you should be able to go to on the road and at least compete you look at a couple of the other road games you know I, I don't, don't don't have the opponents you know in front of me but they go to New York twice you go yep. to the Jets you go to the Giants those are two probably winnable games right as we sit here in May right? things are going to change by the time they come to that round yep. of the season but just looking at it you expect them to go in there and at least compete and possibly sneak out of there with the win right so um hopefully they hopefully they learned their lesson last year I mean that you know as a player when you lose that many tough games I mean it just does something to you inside that you are just like I just want to I'm going to do anything possible to make sure I never feel this again. There's nothing worse than playing, you know, 59 minutes of really good football and then having a couple slips in the last minute and losing a game. Like, that is the worst feeling in the world when you're an NFL player. So, hopefully, they have the leadership on that team to make sure that what they went through last year doesn't happen again.
0: Well, I do want to talk about the expectations that some have for the NFC in terms of division winners as well as the NFC North. Now, TJ, I mentioned the division, all right? And the divisions, uh, the East, um, and and I'm going off of, you know, this has been something that more than one writer, more than one of us talking heads has talked about, uh, but this one comes from CBS Sports, and it's uh, Jason Lockett who I I know from my days in Washington. He was at the Washington Post. He says in the East, it's going to be the Eagles, and I'm not sure how he got to this point. Um, he talks about Jalen Hurts, the addition of A.J. Brown, uh, the the draft that they had in addressing the defense, uh, you know, and, and making their defense better. But I'm still not sure that this is to the point where I think the Eagles are ready to t- overtake the Cowboys. Now, you were with Coach McCarthy in Green Bay. Your thoughts on what you've seen from him in Dallas so far?
1: Uh- I mean, I I can't say failure, but with the expectations that always come with the Dallas Cowboys and the, uh, you know, the talent that they always seem to have. Like they had, they just haven't lived up to their success. You but know, you they haven't lived right? up to expectations. I mean, I, I I love Coach McCarthy. I think he is a hell of a coach. Uh, I think it's obviously a very different dynamic in from Dallas. To, you know, coming from Green Bay. I mean, yeah. Green Bay. You know, if you're the head coach there, you're the man, right? Out in Dallas, obviously, uh, it's Jerry's world, right? And whatever Jerry wants and and you know Jerry tells gets. you to do, Jerry's Jerry gets it. So, um, you know, a little bit different. Uh, you know, just, just going, going from Green Bay to Dallas. But, no, I think Mike McCarthy's a hell of a coach. You know, I love playing for him. Uh, smart guy, bright guy. Um, his greatest, you know, uh, characteristic, I think, in my mind, is just getting the players, you know, to buy in, right? He kind of makes you feel like one of the guys instead yeah. of like, hey, it's us versus the coaches type thing. Um, but, no, I like him. But, obviously, what happened last year, I mean, was – was uh it was pretty pretty bad i mean that no. playoff game where you know <laughs> they've got what 30 seconds left and they try to run a quarterback draw and they let the time run like that was just that was uncharacteristic in my mind of a Mike McCarthy team, you know, because it was sloppy football. It was undisciplined football, and for me, that was that was that was pretty surprising to see from his uh, from what he normally coaches like. But no, I think uh, look, Eagles last year, I'm, I mean, they were a big up and down team, right? They yep. finished uh, you know nine and eight, and they snuck into the playoffs, but um, they've always kind of relied on their defense, you know, they've always relied on that kind of physical, tough-nosed defense. Get to the passer, um, you know, their offense defensive line has always been the strength of their team and I don't know I mean they're getting a little bit older you know like you know Jason Kelsey I know he's coming back for I think one more year but you know he's getting kind of long in the tooth I think Brandon Graham uh, is done playing for him now on the defensive line so Fletcher Cox has been there for a long time like how much left of how much of the you know do those guys have left in the tank I don't know Um, but I think it's uh, it's probably going to be Philly but or Dallas, I would expect it to be Dallas, but, no. um, no, I think, uh, I, I, I don't really have any issue with that. Obviously Jalen hurts. There's going to be a big microscope on him this year heading into year three. I mean, this is kind of the point where it's, it's now or never, you know, he still has to show that, uh, he can play, he can be a, a, a good quarterback consistently. You saw it in flashes last year. You saw it in flashes a little bit the year before that, but, um, I don't know if he's a long-term answer. So, um, You know, that division to me, I think between, you know, Philly and Dallas will probably be pretty wide open. Yeah.
0: Now the NFC South, let's keep the NFC North to the end, but the NFC South uh, with Tom Brady returning, uh, you know, Sean Payton uh, leaving the Saints, the Falcons, you know, moving on from Matt Ryan, Carolina Panthers, who the hell knows what's going on down there. Tampa Bay, I think, is is the clear cut favorite in that division. Um, especially yeah. now that, that that Tom's back. In the there's,
1: there's not much to be said about no, that. I no, yeah, gonna, it. Might which might I'm going to move on to the West. The West <laughs> is interesting
0: because it was one of the better divisions in football last year, but the Rams. Again, probably the favorite in that division because Seattle, um, they traded away Russell Wilson. Arizona Cardinals have had an unbelievably tumultuous offseason. Um, plus, their number one receiver is going to be out for the first, what, six
1: weeks. And they notoriously, notoriously fall apart at the end of every year. <laughs> right.
0: And San Francisco 49ers still haven't decided what they're doing with Jimmy G. Uh-huh. Obviously, it sounds like they're moving on. Trey Lance is going to be a quarterback quarterback in his first experience as starting. So there's a lot of question marks there. So it's probably the Rams in the NFC West, which then brings us to the NFC North. Now, Jason uh, talks about in the NFC North that he thinks there's a changing of the guard. Now, I want to get your take on this because he's calling for the Vikings to win the NFC North. Now, I know that there's a transition when you have a new coach. Um, the coach is very familiar with the division, uh, coming over from green Bay, but you've got a new coach in Minnesota, new coach in Chicago, young quarterback in Chicago, green Bay. And the reason he says green Bay is not going to be the division leader is he thinks Aaron Rodgers' numbers drop off a little bit, two time reigning MVP. Um, but mainly because of the lack of talent at wide receiver. And I say lack of talent simply because Devontae Adams is now playing out in Vegas. Alan Lazard, Christian Watson, Sammy Watkins, uh, Randall Cobb, Amari Rodgers, Romeo Dubs. That's their two deep. Do you think Aaron Rodgers can create enough magic with those receivers to stay atop the division in the NFC North? Yep. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yep. I, I, for me, it's not even close. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I got to respect, uh, Jason Lock and four is obviously a very smart guy, but, um, no, he's going out on a limb with this one. I think, uh, it's, it's, it just always has been, I mean, until Aaron Rodgers leaves it's going to be the Packers' division. It just is. And, you know, if you want to make the argument about, you know, losing Devontae Adams, okay, yeah, it was a huge piece, right? Devontae was a, a, you know, Hall of Fame-type player. Obviously, that's going to hurt uh, a little bit. But when you look at what they try to do offensively, it's run the ball. I mean, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, they want to run the ball 30, 35 times a game and they want to throw a bunch of play action passes off of that and, and hit you deep when, uh, you know, when they catch you sleeping a little bit. I, I, it's not back in the day where, you know, Aaron Rodgers is just going to throw the ball 50 times and make magic happen and go, you know, put up 50 points. Like, they, that's just not the t- style of offense they want to play. So, obviously, yes. Well, do I expect Aaron's production to drop off a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, he. You just you're lost, losing yeah. Adams. You're losing Devonte Adams, you can't expect, uh, you know, a, a journeyman Sammy Watkins and a rookie second-round pick Christian Watson to come in and and fill that gap. I mean, that's a huge hole to fill. But uh, no, I just with with what Green Bay did defensively. I mean, beefing up the the front seven and the interior of their defense uh, yep. with the two Georgia picks there in the first round. That's going to help them out tremendously, and. Even look at the games last year. I think Devontae Adams missed three or four games. Packers were undefeated in those games. Aaron Rodgers still finds a way to spread yep. the ball around, and um, you know finds a way to build chemistry with those young receivers to get them in spots to help them succeed. So, I don't think that Green Bay necessarily got worse. There's a hole to fill at receiver, but when you look at the dynamic of their whole team, um, I don't think they took a step back. I think they, I think they improved, and I think Christian Watson might be a name to watch if you're looking for underdog type uh you know rookie of the year type players I mean I don't know what his odds are but he might be you know a, a sleeper pick because Sammy Watkins isn't what he was you know coming out of Clemson or either his, his first couple of years I think at Buffalo he had a couple of nice seasons and then after that kind of fell apart a little bit but Christian Watson's got a chance to to take over that number one one role, I mean, you know, yep. you talk about six four four three speed uh, in the NFL. Not only does that help you, you know, on those play action passes getting down the field, but in the red zone too. I mean, what a, what a target that adds for them too. So, um, anytime you have Aaron Rodgers on your team, you got a chance to win every single game. And I don't expect, uh, I don't expect really any. Um, downfall from his game yet other than maybe a little bit of uh, lower stats p- production-wise um, just because of Devontae Adams. But no, I don't think anybody else in this division is close to competing with uh, with them for the title yet. So Green Bay
0: takes the, the division, but your estimation, uh, just to recap what we've talked about today, is that the Detroit Lions end up in the number two spot with either nine or ten wins. Um, the expectation is nine wins, and Minnesota and Chicago round out whether it's three or four.
1: I would expect that, yeah, I think so. I, I don't think that's unrealistic either. I think that Detroit, um, just when you look at the roster, um, you know, the offensive line, the the playmakers they have on offense, um, I just don't see that with Chicago. Um, And obviously, Minnesota, they've got a hell of a receiver in Justin Jefferson, but Kirk Cousins has been eh, pretty unreliable. I mean, you know, he's been really good at times and really bad at times. Um, But the key to this thing is going to be quarterback play, as it always is, right? Jared Goff, and we talked about it last week. There's no longer any excuses. I think they're finally going to have a fair chance to evaluate what kind of player he can be in this offense. Um, But he's going to be the key to the whole thing. But I think just looking at it on paper right now, um, that Detroit... Probably has the best chance to. I don't think they're going to overtake Green Bay, um, but the best chance to at least compete with them within the, within the, within the division.
0: And if they do, I mean that definitely would. Uh, the smart money would be on Dan Campbell at twenty five to one right now at Caesars to uh, um, win Coach of the Year. And I think if if the Lions make the playoffs, now we have no idea what happens everywhere else around the NFL. But if that happens in year two of you know, inheriting this roster, I think you're looking at two uh, positions of the year. That is probably uh, executive of the year and GM of the year for Brad Holmes as well as coach of the year for Dan Campbell. If they go from the roster they inherited, largely staying with that roster and a three-win team to nine wins in the playoffs – I, I don't know that you would have a bigger job done in the NFL this coming football season.
1: Yeah, and and there has been, you know, blueprints on the way to do it. I know Cincinnati obviously took a different approach because, you know, they had Joe Burrow sitting there right for them a couple of years ago. and um, But the blueprint's there. I mean, it's not impossible. And last year, look, I mean, they're not, you know, a team that – Everybody thought, you know, hey, maybe three, four, five years. I think what we saw last year combined with some of the additions they made this year, specifically in the draft, um, gives a lot of people good reason to be optimistic that this team can speed up that rebuild a little bit just based off the playmakers that they brought in to help them.
0: Well, we know the future of a Hall of Famer uh, and what he'll be doing when he retires. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, NIL, uh, as well as... uh, Kenny Pickett, can he be trusted wearing gloves? We'll get a chance to talk about uh, all of that and so much more as we continue throughout the off season here on Necessary Roughness.